Peace, goddesses. Peace, gods. This is another episode of Convos with Living Legends. As you already know, the two previous episodes we had, we had the lovely Queen Trudy, a.k.a. The Truest. And you know what? This is a three-part series. This is the three-part wellness series with Trudy, a.k.a. The Truest. You know, and, um, you know, big shout out to the Queen. The first part... The first part we spoke on, we spoke on on health, which was mind, body, and spirit. The second part we spoke on relationships, which was a very explosive, um, um, a very explosive um, episode. And then the third to, to round off this three part series, we're gonna be speaking on business. So, Queen, how you doing today, Queen? I am doing fantastic. I'm so happy to be here for you know the final. Uh, in this series, but not the final for us, right? Nope, <laughs> no, definitely not. Yeah, so happy to be here discussing business. I, I love this topic. Well, you know, Queen, go ahead. You know, you're the one with the knowledge and the wisdom. <laughs> well, I want to just first ground everyone. Uh, for the purpose of this entire conversation, we want to set context on what we mean by business. Because sometimes we hear business use as a, as a colloquial term, uh, you know, handle your business, or she in business, or I have a business, you know, I have better things to do. And I use all those different voices, because at the end of the day, a business is defined as someone engaging in commerce. You're, you're exchanging something of value for something else. That is what business is. And so you can go all the way out to be in a multi-billion dollar business, to be very enterprising in the commercial, industrial, professional activities, um, or just making something a product of your own and getting out there and selling it. And so that's just how we look at the word business. That is not, uh, that doesn't mean someone can't be an employee somewhere for someone and still consider, you can still consider yourself to be in business as well. And so we don't want to have any dialogue on this particular podcast or any misunderstandings that. This is an either or conversation. You are either an entrepreneur in business or you're an employee for Bitcoin. That has been too polarizing in our community. And that's really founded in, in ignorance, lack of knowledge. And that, that is unconscious incompetence. And so let's bring competency to this conversation and be clear. You want to have an objective of uh, gaining some sort of profit when you're in business, right? Um, you want to make certain that as you seek to find something that you're exchanging in, in value in terms of the commerce space, that you are truly looking at ways to monetize your gifts and talents. And you have the legal constructs in place that enables you to ensure that you have compensation for any service, be it for a big corp where you are considered yourself an employee, or if it's your own entity you create, where you are the person you know driving how you gain revenue. So I just want to get some good uh, fundamentals established as we proceed in this conversation. Oh, most definitely, most definitely. And and in the the terms of business, I like to call you a queen for no, aka a goddess for no. <laughs> so, you know, what got you? What got you into the realm of being an entrepreneur? You know, I can take it all the way back to when I was a child. Uh, this is where I began to understand that if one has talent and you need to eat, you can find something to do. Um, when we were growing up and uh, money was short for different reasons, you know, family of six, military, mom didn't work, stay-at-home mom. Um, my mother would uh, take on projects of sewing for others and even cooking for others um, at our home, and they would provide her money for that. And this is me, you know, witnessing this as a toddler. When I became old enough, I believe I was about five or six, where she began to have me assist her. I did have two... Um, two sisters and a brother, but I just seemed to have an affinity for the sewing part. And so I would do sewing. I uh, began to learn how to do macrame. And people would pay for these things that we would make with our hands. And what was so amazing about this noise is it dawned on me, you know, although my dad left and went to go work, you know, at the military base, my mom was also working uh, in the concept of you know, gaining money and funds for the family. So that's where the seeds were planted for me. Okay. That, that, I'm, I'm glad that your parents embedded that within you. And like over the time, as you, as you, was, as you was getting older and growing up, how, like, 
how did you gain that keen eye for business? Well, it's called survival techniques. You know, I learned very quickly um, when I decided to move here right at my 20th birthday to Atlanta, Georgia, that the money that I was making, uh, working, doing data entry and what have you, was not going to get me the compensation I needed. And so I was able to take a look at what I learned as a child and said, huh, what other talents do I have where I can feed myself legally? Okay. And I say that because there are people in different types of businesses. I want to do something that made me feel good. So I began to make side dishes and meals for people to, uh, you know, during the holidays that allowed them to, uh, you know, pay me for these, these platters of food that I would make. I also began uh, helping out with people at catering companies. Then I also began to do makeup for people, uh, some of whom, um, you know, were doing work as, you know, in, in some of the places where they were dancing. And so this is where I said, I don't have to wait for someone to find value in me and, and cut me a check on a biweekly basis. I can find ways to create that check for myself. So that's my second major shift for me um, in terms of business. After that, when I began working at you know Fortune 50 and 100 companies, I really had a keener understanding of how they saw business at a different scale. So you know, I was I'm sitting here being the uh, entrepreneur that I was, being the person who was also you know, I, I call the hustlers the first entrepreneurs. They're the best ones we know, right, Moise? I must agree. Right? And then and, and then a large corporation is someone who started the hustle, and that hustle became something bigger than them, and they were able to hire other people to hustle for them. But let's, all, let's go ahead and, and get in there, and let's get this work done. And so I, I took the time to become astute at efficient processes and understanding the steps to how to do everything. And uh, that became a gift of mine that wound up being able to be translated into uh, meaningful compensation. Well, you know, with, like you said earlier, a lot of people, they tend to misuse the term business. Um, they use it for, for, different, for different, different adjectives, if we should say. But with the way businesses is going, how can we... How can we as a community create more businesses? How can we generate more businesses to um, um, create the generational wealth within us as a, okay. as a people? That's right. You know, so this is not um, this is not a silver bullet conversation, right? Um, business is not a monolithic thing. And therefore, as a result, I'm going to toss out a couple of things that might resonate with some people and some others it may not resonate with. Let me first dispel the first myth. You do not have to have a college education to go in business, period. That is an indisputable statement that I just made, and I want every college-educated person to appreciate where I'm coming from. The fact of the matter is the people who have founded large corporations, the people who have some of the most brilliant ideas to become billionaires, the people who started in industrializing industries, ergo our people, whose things were copied and taken, had not one said did not step in college for one day. This is not the place where you have to go learn to be in business. And just because you have an MBA, that doesn't mean you're going to be a good entrepreneur. These are just factual statements. So I want to dispel the myth that you need to go acquire all these things before you start. That is wrong. What I want you to do is investigate the following for your own family. What are the things that you need on a daily basis? Where do you get them from? Are they owned by people that look like you? And if they're not, why can't you be that person to go start a business to provide your community with those things? That is one option to consider. And if you're thinking about what that is, be it light bulbs, uh, you know, be, be it cleaning products, what have you, you got to do some legwork and research and determine how to go about doing that and networking with other people who are in there and then figuring out how you're going to go about the steps in your process to create that business opportunity. Now, do you have to go sit in school for four years to figure that out? No, you do not. There's plenty of free information available to you on the site. You may have to crack open the book and learn a few things um, along the way. Second thing we can do in our community is patronize businesses that look like people like us and learn from those people who have those great businesses how they did it. I have found 
people are unselfish and extremely giving with how they have done what they do. They're not going to do it for you. So don't expect a person like me to hand over the playbook. You copy that and declare, oh, I'm now in business. You're going to have to put some stuff on the table and get some work done. So get information from people who already have the businesses. And how do they do their business? And then come up with the way you want to approach Well, you see, I'm, I'm glad that you... You broke it. You broke it okay, down great. that way, because me as a like the like the great Jay Z said, the great philosopher Sean Carter, J, aka Jay Z said, you know, I'm not a businessman. I am the business man, and knowing that I am the business, especially nowadays, you know, how do we, we, you know, we, we create something to not only benefit ourselves and our family. As well as well as the community as, the community. as well, because I know even though I have a business, is I'm not the only one. It's not only my family that's going to um, benefit from it. I know the community is going to benefit from it. But how can I strengthen my business that everybody can benefit from it? In that's some right. Formal fashion. Okay, so let, let's talk about uh, having the business part. Okay, so just some basics I want everyone to understand. Um, there are thousands of people out here, even in the millions, beating their chest about being an entrepreneur. And I'm going to I'm going to be real slang like here. I'm the CEO of my stuff. And they walk around all this pride and what have you. And, you know, they're very conscious of whatever they are. Um, I don't subscribe being in the woke, broke folk category. So you can be woke. <laughs> let me let me go slow because those are four letter, four letter words. And we add woke, five letter word broke. Folk, for that word, because running around, and I'm going to say doing it for the gram, or I call it uh, people declaring to be in business for the sake of saying they are, but they're not doing any business, okay? You have not gained anything for yourself or your family or for your community by being one of those people. This is your opportunity to self-examine. Did you, did you take the time to understand what you're selling and how you're going to get money for it? And even if that is, yes, I'm going to make $100 a week by doing this, this, and this, and my goal is to do $100 a week consistently for 10 weeks, well, guess what? I, I salute that person before the person that just throws stuff out there all willy-nilly, beating on the chest, on TV, or on the Instagram, and wherever they are, and just, there's just no rhyme or reason to it. And then they don't have any money to go with that. Okay, something that is monetizable is something that is viable in terms of business. But you have to get out there and do it. The guy who's doing it ten dollars at a time and taking his time and being clear about what he's doing and how he's doing it and has the proper uh, things in place to call himself a business. I will sit with that guy any day over the person who's just running around, you know, doing business gossip. So let's just really set aside those people who have. Hey, I left my day job and I'm out here and I'm going to just hustle. Well, that is not the best decision long term when it comes to how you're going to feed yourself. Think through some things before you just drop off of your income stream. Be, be responsible. Don't be dismissive of other ways of gaining income or criticizing people who choose to go clock in and out somewhere. There is nothing wrong with a nine to five job. There is everything wrong with having only a nine to five mentality because when your nine to five mentality requires you to be enterprising and, 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 and adventurous, you may find that that's gone. You may find you don't have those things because you haven't exercised them. You're not going to suddenly go from the person who wants to just clock in, clock out and, and not think outside of the box perhaps and, and then suddenly when you lose that job, you can suddenly jump into becoming a business owner. So it's the nine to five mentality that breaks down the community, not having a nine to five job. So if you want to go outside the box, let's continue down this path of thinking about what you can do that is monetizable, that you can earn some money and give it a try. You don't have to have a lot of money to start something. You can start at $10 a week, $100 a week, $1,000 a week. Let's just go ahead and leap from that to $100,000 a week to a million dollars a week. One opportunity, one sale, one transaction 
in this place of commerce at a time. It is perfectly fine to start off that way. It is perfectly fine to start off small. Every successful organization started off somewhere tiny because it was a thought. And then it became something that became a plan of some sort. And then it took on a life where other people liked it. And then it became something that people really want to pay a lot more money for. And then maybe they protected that idea with a patent. And then maybe they trademarked some concepts and were able to monetize those things. So knowing that you can start somewhere as simple as your thought, bringing it to life on paper, and then giving it a try is a way to get going with this business area. I must agree, Queen, and um, to to you know to dovetail on what you just said, I must speak on um, personal experience. Um, like as you already know, shameless plug, Black Matrix. Um, if you want to check out the merch, go on blackmatrixmerch.com. But um, with Black Matrix, I created Black Matrix four years ago. Me and my cousin, we came up with the concept. So you know, um, back in 2017, we we started making a few shirts, a few hoodies, and you know, we made a few sales. But, you know, I got so wrapped up trying to help other people create their own businesses or I worked with other people with other um, that I shared ideas with. I was working on those things. So I put Black Matrix to the side. So for those four years till earlier this year, I wasn't really doing much with Black Matrix. You know, from time to time, I'll throw something out there and let people know that Black Matrix will be coming soon with some new things. So, you know, due to the... Um, Due to the pand uh, the pandemic, you know, um, the other business I had, it kind of it kind of faltered in a sense. So you know, I um, I told myself, let me just focus on Black Matrix. That whole time, I was basically running these streets. Black Matrix was naked. I didn't have a copyright. I didn't have my LLC or my trademark. But you know, I'm grateful that nobody really bothered to to steal my idea, which I'm extremely grateful for. And another thing too with Black Matrix. As as I've been revamping Black Matrix and I've been pushing it out there, I'm not getting a hundred cells a week. I'm 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 I probably get five to six cells a week. But to me, that is great because those are quality cells. You know, what I mean, I'm more about quality than quantity. I could get a hundred cells, but they could be they could be they can be terrible people who don't really or truly support my vision. But those five six cells, I can actually say everybody who purchased they understand the vision of my brand and it's supporting because of it. So I and totally I, agree I, with what you just said, Queen. And I and I know your bigger picture you have for yourself. And I know we're gonna get together into one of my genius planning sessions and walk the idea out some more, right? But yep. let's also talk about this investment in others and helping others in their business be successful. And then I wanna pick apart some things you talked about related to trademark and protection of concepts. Cause I think our people need to know why and when they need to do these things, okay? And so I wanna dispel another myth, okay? Uh, being in proximity to power um, is not the way to gain power. So, there, and I talk about this in the business concept because again, we find people where we even ourselves may have been out there having a contact high from being involved with people out here hustling and grinding. And then we look and our cupboards are empty, empty. We so busy lifting everyone else up, we forgot to take care of ourselves. And I just want to make okay. certain that our people who are out here supporting black businesses, I'm happy for you supporting quote unquote BLACK black businesses, okay? Our other topic is indigenous people of color. That is cool, but you have done the community a disservice if you ain't handling your own business, okay? So having a contact high, and I'm using these terms, I want everyone to get it. A contact high with someone else's power is an empty thing. All right. And so for those people who may not know what that is, because you may not be a cannabis connoisseur, that essentially means that's the person sort of sitting in the room and handling all the smoke. And yeah, yeah, I'm there. I'm there. Well, they're not there. Right. And so if we talk about people who are non-smokers, you sit next to a person and you're trying to marinate on, on the flavor of, of their life and, and trying to make that your dream. And that's not real. So disengage from that and get real with your stuff. So let's talk about the real things. There are different structures of businesses. Go to the Secretary of State site, wherever you are, and put in, how do I set up a business? And I promise you, they tell you exactly what you need to do. You didn't have to go to school for four years to learn about that. Now, here's the dangers of this. 
If you're going to create a business structure, those business structures, those entities, different ones of them have different tax accounting implications. So do not jump in and get the LLC, LLP, S or C, or be a sole proprietorship. And I want you to go look at what those things are and be a sole proprietorship without handling your tax business. From a person who had to deal with tax business not being handled right, and let me share something with you. This hard to shake that. So start off right, research it online. This is where there's clear information from the IRS on their site, as well as on your Secretary of State site. So you get yourself incorporated. If I got 100 students incorporated, they are technically an incorporated business of some type. And then they have a business name that you have to reserve to use. Now, what else do they need to do to actually be in business? Let's talk about that. You brought up the term trademark. For the audience, a trademark is a symbol, word, or words legally registered or established by use as representing a company or product. If you go look at the U.S. Um, Patent and Trademark Office, USPTO, is the place, they give you all the details about the difference between a trademark and a patent. So a trademark is that symbol word words legally registered to represent your company. A patent gets more into your methodology, your process and how you go about doing these things. When do you need to trademark something? Well, when you are out here with like the black matrix, you mentioned, hey, it's a good thing no one took that concept and used it because you hadn't protected it. So you can start by doing some low-level protection by putting a TM in a circle next to it. But if you have not gone and registered and, and apply for registration at the USPTO place, it's still up for grabs for the most part. Unless it's been used in a public domain consistently by you and you have the funds to sue someone for taking it, just go on and take the steps and see what's going to cost you to go do it. Most of these things you can get done for under three hundred dollars. Oh, I definitely okay. did. I definitely, I, um, I, I, I had reached out to my lawyer, and he, he took care of all that. Um, I paid for all three. The, um, I had already paid for the copyright four years ago, so I just had never received the proof of it. So I just okay. made sure I, I got my trademark and my LLC squared away, and um, um, I'm gonna do the same thing in regards to the patent as well. Okay, and so then let's continue with all of these tools of being in business, right? So we talked about creating a legal entity or structure and that you need to make certain you check in with someone from a tax perspective to make sure it's being treated right because there was a one time where our people, my community, was on a rush to be a nonprofit and yeah, that was the way to go. You really need to unpack that. That ain't always the way to go. Being a nonprofit does not mean you're going to be able to be profitable and have I guess exactly. No, I mean, you're gonna get. <laughs> you're not, you're not get necessarily getting to come up doing that. I am not a nonprofit expert. I just paid someone a lot of money to help me create a nonprofit. By the time it was said and done, and the kind of structure I had to do, I realized I wasn't trying to do that kind of work. I wasn't trying to work that hard. So, no, a nonprofit structure is not for me. But you have to read about what it is. Again, look at the 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 Secretary of State site, and look at the IRS site. And understand these things. Copyright is different from trademark. Copyright refers to the legal right of the owner of intellectual property um, has a right to copy it. Okay, it means the right to reproduce these products and give other people authority. Whereas your trademark, you're talking about a registered register symbol or design. So the trademarking of black matrix is one thing. Copyright different parts of intellectual property associated with that is something else. And then patent. And so you don't have to be an expert on this stuff to go start your business. My point to you is this. If you're going to call something something, at least get the business name reserved so you can use it. But if you think you're going to have something that's going to be a brand or something that's really, really yours, I'm going to encourage you to go look at trademarking that and put the money in there. I trademark Truist, T-R-U-E-S-T, two and a half years before I actually did anything with it in a business structure. That trademark was registered in two separate categories, okay? Why that is critical, people think a trademark covers all things, someone else can't use it. You have to call out what category you wanna use your trademark in. My trademark is good for any kind of healthcare, any health, wellness, fitness, anything. 
education of any sort that wants to use the word T-R-U-E-S-T, they cannot use it because I own that. And any product, okay, in that same domain that wants to use that word T-R-U-E-S-T, they cannot do that. That data is right on the USPTO side. I'm not sitting here with some proprietary information. I'm intelligent, but I don't know everything. I have to go read this stuff before I came to this meeting to refresh my memory on what I did. Because who walks around knowing this kind of stuff, right, Moise? Yeah, None of that them. Is true. So that is true. These are, these are the legal pieces of being in business. Now let's talk about what is it that you're actually selling, setting a price for, and then having a place where you can go uh, do business at. So it depends on what type of business you are in. I got to tell you, the food business has been one of the most challenging things I've ever seen anyone get into. And so I can't speak on the pros and cons and what to do and not do there. I, that's not, 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 not my lane. But when we start talking about the person creating something at home, you know, the jewelry designer, the person creating a, a product line of health products, a person doing something with the skin, or a person doing consultative services. I had my own consulting firm, a party of two, woohoo, uh, years ago when I want to, while working and growing in corporate America, also stretch myself by doing consulting engagements for nonprofit and for Fortune 500, Fortune 1000 companies that weren't in the top tier. So I did consulting gigs for mid-tier companies. My model was very simple. I was a referral-only business that scoped out every consulting project and had a limited specific, had a specific period of time to start and end those engagements with a specific set of deliverables. I wasn't doing these engagements to be on become someone on their payroll as a full-time employee. I was what you were calling your stopgap person, which means they had a problem, they need to get a, a expert with their hands in that problem, fix the thing, leave them with some tools to teach other people and enable their staff and move on. That model worked for me because I was also working at one of those Fortune 50, Fortune 100 companies. And so the reason why I talk about this is in that service space, you need to be clear on what your price is for your time. In the service space, people say, well, I'm going to get paid for my time. I see all of these things happening in our community boards, again, at, at your mid-tier and your small-level companies, talking about their price and arguing about price and all this stuff. Well, go out here and see what the price is on the market, okay. right? If the price is $50 an hour for that service you're offering and you want to charge $150, well, I think you need to justify why there's a $100 difference. Exactly. Here some, <laughs> right? Here, here are some things that can help you do that. The reason why we charge $150 an hour versus someone charging $15 an hour is, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this to you. At that point in time, your client, oh, you are sounding like Charlie Brown parents, wah, 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 because there's nothing you're going to do to tell somebody or me, for that matter, why I should pay $100 more an hour for you than I should another person. It's going to be challenging. So you want to have done your due diligence, set your prices so that you are competitive, but not too below market. Sometimes we forget how valuable we are, Moise because we just want to get the business. And so, you know, I was just starting off at 20 an hour just so I can get business and such and such, and I'll build up from there. I hear you. But that also tells people that you are just starting out and you might be a novice and you might be underselling yourself. So oh, recently- Oh, cut you off. I'm glad, that I, I'm glad that you mentioned that because um, um, ever since I've been doing things the legal way in regards to business, um, those were one of the things that came into my mind. Um, I'm going to start off low price because, you know, I'm new, but I didn't realize how much it could hurt me. So I'm glad yeah. that you're speaking on that. That's right. That That's right. And so you take a person like me who is sitting with a few credentials. I'm going to mention some of them. Some of them I have not maintained in the past three years because I've chosen not to, but being a certified business architect, which is getting to business design itself and designing business, a certified change management practitioner, which deals with change, be it transformational change and how businesses operate or personal change, a master coach and a master health and wellness coach and a few other things I need to my belt in the whole uh, holistic industry space. So when I line up, my, my business credentials, plus 30 years in corporate America as, as a leader 
transformational leader and a principal consultant. Then I line up my non-business credentials. A person like me in the marketplace has a price. And then I add a premium to it because I like to choose who I want to work with. And so the premium allows me to differentiate who is, who is really going to pay what and if I want to spend time doing that type of work. So that's the service stuff. At a product level, please, 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 please do some length of research on seeing other people with the same product. See how it is packaged. See what it looks like. Go look at the big box store. See what they're doing. See what the mom and pops are doing. Put a little legwork please, into how you package and present what you're doing and then set a price that is competitive. Competitive means the following. If the lowest product on the market is running for $5 and the highest product on the market is running for $10, all right, you need to put your product and that product side by side and get a consumer perspective that says, why am I going to buy this one versus this one versus this one? Depending upon what you're selling, price really, really is, hey, anyone can make this. I don't care. Let me get hand sanitizer. Or I want to buy it from a black business, so I'm willing to pay a higher premium for this one particular one this time. Okay? So you got to understand who you are selling something to and try to sell it to yourself. If it doesn't make sense to you, why would it make sense to the person next to you? You see what I'm saying? So when you set the price of your hoodies, Moise, right? Okay. And we look at, we can get, you know, inexpensive hoodies from Walmart at a certain price point. Uh And then we can go get these more expensive hoodies from some, from some big, you know, a bigger brand. I'm not going to shout out anyone out here because they ain't paying me to do that. And then we have your product, right? Okay. We have your product, right? And so somewhere along that spectrum, you have to think about this. Why is someone going to want to buy this product? Versus any old other hoodie. Well, at least when my hoodie gets washed, it's not going to unravel and there'll be fuzzy stuff all over them. You can vouch for that, right? You have a nice designer brand. It might not be, uh, what, what, what's old boy's name? One of these rapper people out here who, who I love. Uh, it might not be their brand, but hey, you, it's comparable. So what's their price point? Well, he has a multi-million dollar name, so he's selling that hoodie for 150 And over here, Walmart's selling any hoodies for 20 you're safe being in the range between 20 and, you know, between 50, yeah. between 40 and 75 in that case. That's a nice mid-range for you to begin looking at your pricing. Uh, yeah. Do you feel me on that? You're getting pained. Okay, run, run them numbers, dog. Run them numbers. So, so this conversation about being in business and setting pricing. So as a family, okay, When you're looking at, we have to feed ourselves, what kind of business can we create that will allow me to hire my children? You may not be that person. That might not be your thing. My parents' thing was working, 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 getting different retirement checks and being good to go. Our thing now, where we are in this post-COVID America with this, and I'm not going to talk about anything with COVID except for what I just said, this post-COVID America in the story period, We have to look at resources and our families as a place to build what we need to have to take care of ourselves. So we're going to have to go back to the ground as in looking at uh, businesses and opportunities that will enable us to grow food for ourselves, feed ourselves and connect and sell that food and exchange it in our community. The second thing is we need to have places to live. The price of rent's going up. The price of property's going up. There's limited access to things these days. If you don't know how to work a hammer, everyone needs to start, men and women, because we used to have to build our houses when no one was going to build them for us. We've got to get back to that. We want to look at the things, so where you live and how you eat. Now, where's this money coming from, right? What services are we going to? Well, look at what you can do with your hands and what you can create and what you can sell. And then if it's time, because you're an expert, make sure you price that appropriately, make sure people are aware of who you are, use all these great tools to get your word out, as in networking, using digital, uh, gaining digital real estate. Digital real estate is having the digital footprint of where you are in social media, LinkedIn and other spaces, and finding ways to get yourself out there. I am not a person who will tell you that I'm great at marketing 
Neither do I want to be. My business model is intentionally referral only. That is how I want to operate. It works well for me. And if it doesn't, I will need to make a change and shift. And that's what I'm telling my people we need to do. I want you to get off of your, your, your college soapbox, okay, that everyone is choking on right now. And I'm talking the truth here because I know way too many young adults who I have mentored, coached, and helped. I have helped my people get jobs, okay, who are with degrees and education and no place to go because they were encouraged to go follow their passion and they were taught by people who did not look like us of how to do that passion and no one has taught them how to monetize that passion. So they've gone through three years of high school, four years of college, and in seven years, they don't know how to break a piece of bread and make money to get that piece of bread. So that is wrong. We must look at encouraging our children to learn things that will allow them to feed themselves. Period. Um, um, and we have to be the ones. We have a responsibility. So I'm a soapboxes moment here. Those of us who are sitting here at the age of 50 and up, who have been through the, the through, you know, we, we may have drank the Kool-Aid, okay? And we now know the world is different. We have an obligation to our community to have these conversations for free. And then those who want to still sip that Kool-Aid, they don't want to come over here and find a new way. Well, we may have to toss them back some food when they don't have a place to live or eat. Because that's where we're headed if we don't start giving with the program of enabling and empower our families and our communities, not just buying black. That's not good enough. Because if that black quote unquote business is importing everything from China because we don't have any manufacturers, what have we done then? Whose community are we building? Let's examine the place of how we become manufacturers. Let's examine the place of how we build our own homes. Let's examine the place of how we get our children the talents and skills they need to fix their own cars and homes and things like that. And we start hiring from within our own network. Uh, I'm off the box. So, do you do you ever see a change of all um, Black Wall Street ever coming back in a Black community in this in the states? Any say what? Say that again. Black a Black a Black Wall Street, like Tulsa, Oklahoma, like Raleigh, North Carolina, like Sanford, Florida. There was a lot of Wall Streets. They only they only one thing I would like to I would like to tell our people: there wasn't only one Black Wall Street. There was Black Wall Streets all over America. There was a Black community. Think about it. Let's be logical. If you're telling me segregation, what are you thinking that a group of a group of melanin people are gonna do to grow together as a, they're gonna build a community? You know, and Tulsa, Oklahoma wasn't the only one. They had numerous others that they don't ever speak of, really and truly. You know, they well, never so, yeah. So, so here's again? the narrative, right? Here's the narrative, okay? If we can just close this book. I'm, and I want, I want to do this for a minute, okay? Let's just close the book on the god-awful past. Okay. Okay, just, just, for, just for the purpose of what we're talking about here. Let me tell you why. We already know we have an advantage in talent and gifts, and we have to focus on what we're doing today. I say. Right? And so when we talk about there ever being a Black Wall Street, and other things. I think these are good things to be able to see that these so-called unfree people did a hell of a lot better than the so-called free people with education and resources. So with all due respect, we should be doing a billion times better than what they did. Exactly. I'm not interested in another Black Wall Street. I'm interested in creating streets and letting our people be the ones pouring the concrete on them jokers. I'll let that marinate for a minute. Let's yeah. create the streets. I don't like these cliches of buy the block or buy this, that. Be the CEO of your own home and go do some labor. If you are in the group or hey, I'm cool, I'm just floundering out here. All right, raise your hand and hit somebody up. Find the place you need to go to because you are the one you are waiting for. You're not waiting for the, a black leader to emerge that you can go follow and march behind. A raised fist and elbow is not going to get you fed. And it's not going to allow you to create a company that will allow you to hire your children. So if you're going to spend time 
watching all the commercials to get you to vote and go campaign and do all these other things, take that same amount of time and find out what you need to do so you can monetize the talent and resources in your home and connect with other people. If we took an eighth of the budget that was used just to get a whole bunch of us to go vote for, for whoever's out here, an eighth of that budget, how that could have been reinvested to do other things like build community, purchase homes and properties, purchase other property that we can teach our kids to build on, boy, that would have furthered an agenda. But see, that's not, that's not their responsibility. It is our responsibility to unplug from this matrix that you and I both know does not work and create the new path forward. So business is a vehicle for self-ownership and enabling your children to have a place to be hired. But I'm going to put myself on the, on the chopping block and say this to you. I've come to these conclusions from having numerous amount of things that I did and navigated through wrong to come to an understanding of doing it right, so that way I can enable and empower my soon-to-be 21-year-old son to recognize I am not holding you to a standard of having to go to college. I need you to take them four years to go ahead and monetize these gifts you have with the support, here's the keys to your truck, and go get fed. Because to graduate an 18 year old and say he's a man and put him out in the street that he need to go take care of himself, I had to do it. That's some gangster stuff right there. That's just gangster of you. Yeah. Because you drank the Kool-Aid and then you snatched it from your kids because they need to go find their own Kool-Aid. That's rude, it's irresponsible, it's, an, it's, it's undignified and it's worse than a system of oppression because now you are the oppressor of your own kids. You need to provide your kids with a way to feed themselves and, and have taught them that and have unplugged them from the education system that doesn't teach them that and get them other tools. It is fine to augment things with the traditional ways so that you understand those traditions. But if you think those traditions is going to get you to your next, then you need to wake up. I must agree. You know what I mean? I, I, I must agree, Queen and you know, everything you said is wonderful because I feel like as a people, we should buy land. And like you said, start building our own streets, start building our own everything. You know, we have two hands, we have two feet that we've been blessed with. You know, let's get back to using them. This is so true. When we talk about buying land, I want to be clear, we're not talking about flipping houses. No. Nah. We're not talking about, we're not talking about, we're talking about owning stuff. We're talking about instead of the 10 of you, and this is, this, these are facts right here. Instead of 10 businesses being in a strip plaza that is not owned by people that look like us and you're paying exactly. a lease, you're paying a lease on that plaza. All of you could have gotten your money together and bought the land and built your own building and have a place of commerce for your community. Quit nice. paying. 10 businesses right up the street from me where I live, okay, off of Veterans Memorial are paying no less than $2,500 a month. That's the lowest person for wow. a lease in a building. And 10 of them are paying. So this building that's not owned by us is getting at least $40,000 $40, in leasing revenue a month. Think about the billion-dollar purchase someone could have made instead of that. So if you're paying a lease because you're in a prime location and you have a lot of foot traffic and it's part of your strategy, my challenge to you is see what you can do to own the building. I, I'm not an expert in this. These are just some things I'm throwing out here. When it comes to your business and what you're going to do, how much money are you really bringing in to afford having to be in that space? Maybe you need to do some pop-up somewhere and get I'm just roll up your cities and grind Put a tent up at all these events, test your business out, test your model out before you start making these large purchases of, of vehicles and, and all the accoutrements to make it look like you're in business. But the money's not there to justify that investment yet. Man, to me, I feel like land is the biggest currency. You know, well, land I'm not qualified on that one. It, it is a valuable thing to have land. God ain't create no more land. It's a land rush in the United States right now. I can't see a downside 
but you got to have someone guiding you through making the right type of land acquisition. No, and don't sell, your, don't sell your grandma's stuff because you're going to need that to sleep on when they start putting folks out from eminent domain or whatever else they may want to do. You may have, you got to come up with some ways to take care of yourself. Taking care of yourself is also part of taking care of your business. So the colloquial term of taking care of your business, I'm going to affectionately say to you that if you're not taking care of your health and wellness, as we wrap this up, if you're not taking care of your health and wellness, and if you're not in positive, thriving relationships, you ain't got no business to be in business. Because the only thing you're going to do is add more burden to your load, diminish your health and wellness, and compromise your relationships. So don't go into business until you've handled your personal business with your health and wellness and your relationships with people. And then you sit there and you construct something and then you go into the marketplace. Those are the only things I'm going to tell you you should wait to make sure you have right before you jump into business. Because you're going to need that. You're going to need to have good energy. You're going to need to have good health. You're going to need to have positive people around you. You can't be in dysfunctional relationships trying to create a product and sell it to the market. Karma don't work that way. You got to balance that stuff out before you get out here and think you're going to be uh, you know, be blessed and being in abundance and doing all these things, but you over here treating people like stuff or you're in some bad relationships. These things don't work. It all belongs together because the one thing all three of these topics have in common are you. There's three-part right. series on health, right. mind, body, spirit, relationship, and business. You are one person. You're not bifurcated, which is putting yourself into different parts. There's no business you and some person. There's one you. Get that part understood and be in your own mind and drive through things like business with intention and with some planning. Not a big old $5,000 business plan, but some sort of planning. So you have a clue about how you're going to get some money the next month. And like, Queen, I am extremely, extremely grateful. Um you just blessing us with your presence on this platform on Convos with Living Legends. First and foremost, you are a living legend to me because like a phrase I just created this morning, if you're, if you're a melanin being, you are legendary because to live the melanin experience, you have to be, you have to come from greatness. So that's the quote. I'm going to post that, but that's a quote I, I wrote that earlier. And I believe that 110%. And I, um, even when I had what I brought into your attention, I would love for you to come on the platform on the podcast. And you always told me a three part series, and you already had it constructed in your mind. And um, I am extremely, extremely grateful because this topic, those three, these three, pa these past three episodes were very vital, are very vital. And I, I hope to have you back on whenever it's whenever it's convenient for you. But those these three these three topics, like you said, is all about us. It's all about that individual. How do are we taking care of ourselves so we can be great with our health, whether it's mind, body, or spirit? How can we be great to ourselves so we can be great with our relationships, you know? And how can we be great with ourselves so we can be great in business? You know, um, I appreciate you so much for the gems that you shared, the wisdom, the knowledge that you have. Um, to me, you're a living legend. I'm giving you your flowers now. You know, I'm celebrating you now. Because even yeah. when we transition, I will be celebrating you nonetheless. Because to me, to me, you, you're a great queen. You're a great woman. Thank you so much, Moisey. I'm, I'm extremely, extremely grateful you came on. Um, <laughs> because all three episodes was bomb. All three. Oh, my brother. You know, I appreciate you for allowing me the opportunity to plug into my people and hopefully be a source of you getting in your own spirit. That is what inspired is. Get into your own spirit and do all of the beautiful things. You have been created to do your black print, as a brother friend of mine says, your black print was divinely designed. I Sometimes you have to be still and step in to see it. Because there's so many things out here trying to tell you otherwise. But I'm here to tell you today, you are the best thing God made, and I'm here for you. I say, I say, I say. And um, Queen, um, please give your handles, your social media, where people can Absolutely. contact you. 
Sure thing. So for this business domain, I do something called genius planning. And uh, those are sessions where I just work with a business owner and depending upon your revenue model, it's based upon that, the pricing for it. And so for this, you may contact me at info at truestwellness.com, T-R-U-E-S-T-W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S.com. No, I do not have a website fully built out and some people may judge me for that, but I'm okay with that. Uh, you can go look at my fully redeveloped LinkedIn presence because that's where I do a lot of business. My LinkedIn is Trudy Corday, T-R-U-D-Y space C-O-A-R-D-E. You will find my Trudy Corday profile, my executive bio, and my Truest Wellness page in LinkedIn. And then finally, um, if ever you want to uh, understand uh, some things I might have going on on Instagram, I'm at Truest Wellness on Instagram, and I love to connect. Oh no, most definitely. Um, I appreciate you, Queen. I celebrate you. I honor you. Oh, oh, someone told me to give my phone number. My business <laughs> phone number is 470-839-6385. That is a Google Voice mailbox. I have someone manage that for me, and we follow up with you within 48 hours. Well, you know, once again, we celebrate and honoring the Queen. Trudy, a.k.a. The Truest. You know, Queen, we appreciate you. Thank you for this three-part wellness series, which part one was your health, mind, body, and spirit. Part two was relationships. And part three was business. And remember, like she said earlier, all three ha- all three of these topics starts with you. So however you start, because you are the foundation of getting into all three of these realms. So however you build your foundation on, that's the, that's the outcome you should be expecting. So, Queen, we appreciate you. To all the goddesses and gods who was on the check-in, we we, we thank Trudy, uh, we thank Trudy, aka the Truest, once again. Peace out, peace, love, and light. We out. Bye bye.